Welcome to Lost in Translations, I'm your host Michael and today I am joined by Bibli Bio as we talk about the importance of Women in Translations, Women in Translation Month coming up in August and the 100 Best Women in Translation Project. Welcome to Lost in Translation. I'm here with Bibli Bio. Do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Maytal, Bibli Bio or Reed Wit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I got into translations because I can never pronounce names properly. <laughs> so having a podcast is never the best idea. <laughs> uh, but welcome. I guess Thank we're you. here to talk about the importance of women in translation. And Women in Translation Month coming up in August. So how long has Women in Translation Month been going? It feels like five, six years maybe. Yeah, this is going to be the sixth Women in Translation Month. We started okay. in 2014. Oh. I, don't, I don't know if I've been following it that long, but I feel like it's been a long time. Yeah. So uh, it was it was pretty small at the beginning, and it's kind of grown. Well, last, yeah, last year seems to blow up a lot. I was very surprised. You know, you made it when all the corporations want to cash in on it. <laughs> it's been really cool seeing seeing publishers getting involved, um, and yeah. I I always just hope that more kind of join in. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. So, do you want to? quickly run down why you started this project? Yeah. So basically at some point I had a realization about my own reading that uh, I wasn't, you know, I was reading a lot more literature and translation and kind of, I've always read a lot of books from around the world. And then I kind of thought to myself, huh, that's weird. I feel like I haven't been reading much by women writers in translation and uh, I saw that really I had this sort of quarter, uh, three-quarter split. And being a somewhat curious person, I asked myself if the problem was just my own sort of internal bias or something bigger. And I started trying to figure out um, if it was a bigger problem. I used the uh, amazing 3% uh, translation database the US and I saw that it was a kind of global problem that that same sort of 25% that I was getting in my own reading um, that's about the, the base rate for, uh, for women writers in translation and um, that that was where it where it started for me I found out later that other people had also started talking about this realizing kind of oh there's there's a thing here um, and over the years, it's just sort of grown into a bigger project and a bigger part of uh, what I try to do with, with my blog. So, yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. I think I didn't realize and I had such a bias. It's like, I just want to read what I want and who cares? And, to, <laughs> and then I started tracking my stats because like all book notes, I have a spreadsheet. <laughs> Of course. And, 
And then it's like, oh, I got 95% American authors and I'm not even American. <laughs> this is way too many. <laughs> so yeah. that's why, yeah, I started reading translations because of that. And I discovered this is this is where I, this is where it's at. This is the stuff I like. That's like yes. different. And then I was like, oh, I better look at the gender balance. It's like this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's pretty significant. And and the thing that sort of I, I've realized, especially this year, where I'm doing something a little bit different for the statistics, that sort of it's been like the main uh, Whit Month attraction. <laughs> since I started with um, seeing if things are getting better and kind of trying to see if there's an upward trend. Uh, And there has been improvement and some publishers are definitely improving things. Um, But one of the things that I realized this year is that the uh, 3% translation database is only new fiction and poetry. And then I start going through kind of all these different catalogs, including nonfiction, including re-releases and classics and the rates just go even lower <laughs> yeah well, it's yes. it's wild yeah i found um, with the free the database it's american publishing as well which kind of throws off your data a lot yeah it's it's for good and for bad um i mean i feel like there are certain publishers also in different parts of the world who do better at certain things, and definitely, you know, when you come and look at the um, the other factors, like how many writers from Europe versus how many writers from Africa, where you see, oh, there's also this huge bias there, and the gender split is even bigger, and um, it's definitely American bias in the database itself of what's available. Of it's it's this bigger question of how how we're getting to books that exist, I guess. And uh, I mean, I hope that projects, all these sorts, all these different movements and stuff, uh, will will help get the word out and and bring more books to the public eye. I guess public view. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pleased. I looked check my stats before I went on just to make sure I had a good balance and. I've got 55% women this year, so I'm very happy with that. Ooh. Yeah, 93% okay. translations. I feel like my In Real Book Club, wow. club is like ruining that stat. I could have 100 if I didn't. But I found like when you start, it's like there's not much around. I found it really hard to find women in translation, but now it's like, I feel like it's getting easier to find, but I think that could be part of just reading more and being more aware of it. Yeah, I I think one of the things that I see with with Women in Translation Month every year is more and more readers who start saying, wow, I don't think I've ever read a book by a woman writer in translation. I don't think I could name one. And then by the end of the month, they're like, oh, and I want to read this and this and this and <laughs> this whole kind of new world. And they're especially the ones who get very excited for the next year. And they say, oh, I, you know, I can't wait to, to, have, to have more and to be introduced to more books. And it's, 
I think it is getting yeah. easier because more people are talking about it. But for the vast majority of readers, when I ask them, you know, hey, have you ever read a book in translation? They're like, in high school. And, you know, it's like a classic. They, they've never... They've never really thought about it in, in the English speaking world, at least. And then yeah. usually when I ask um, in other places in the world, uh, you know, bilingual readers or, or even just readers of not English languages and translations are so common. It's, it's not even a question. Uh, most of the time it's from English, but not only. And it's just that was why for me it was always very weird that sort of there's this whole world of translation and like, why do you, why do you need to specify this? It's as a bilingual reader. I, I, of course there's, there are other books. I, so uh, it's, it's really interesting to kind of to compare, I guess. Yeah. Like the first book that I thought of was the diary of a young girl by Anne Frank. And a lot of people don't even realize that's translated. Yeah. There was, it feels like there was a whole, a long time where they kept trying to hide the translator. They still do it and it really annoys me, but there's this whole idea of we can't tell people it's translated because then they might not read it. Right. Yeah, there's there's still that myth of you know, something gets lost in translation and, and kind of I feel like I hear that a lot from people and it's like, okay, no, yeah. it added in translation. Translation is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, well, I the one I, I don't understand is I read translations differently. It's like, are you using different eyes? Yeah. I don't know how you read a book differently, translated or not. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think as someone who, who have, I've had the, the experience of reading a book in both the original and then in the translation, they, they feel very different and in a very special way that it's like, it's the same book. It's definitely a good translation. It's accurate, but it also has this extra kind of layer in the translation that, that I always find pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a bigger fan of translations, so <laughs> uh, it just seems strange. I think a lot of it comes down to this idea of it feels highbrow. Yeah. Because you're reading about a culture or something that you're not really familiar with or have less information about, so it feels more literary that way. But then again, there's heaps of great genre translations and stuff around it's just try to find it yeah for sure um it, it again kind of comes to the question of have you been exposed do you have this available as if you know people read elena ferrante with no real problem um because the story is is accessible it's it's there and uh i think that so long as kind of it's a self-feeding cycle of we say that literature and translation is less accessible, so we make it less accessible and then. Yeah. Kind of and the problem is that it's like a vicious cycle. We say it's less accessible and publishers try and hide the fact that it's translated. So it's yeah. never going to improve unless 
things change in that way. Like I remember Yo Nespo did Macbeth and for a long time I thought, wow, he's finally written a book in English because there's no mention of a translator anywhere on, <laughs> on the advertising or the websites or anything. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and that's a book that came out last year. The weird... A weird situation and one that hopefully yeah. will will pass, I guess. I, I think that the way that publishers of sort of dedicated publishers of literature and translation these days are, are pushing it forward is um, it's doing amazing work. It's getting much more mainstream. The fact that there are big name awards helps. <laughs> yeah. Like we need a women in translation prize. Yeah, Warwick. <laughs> work prize for women in oh translation. yeah true i totally yeah. forgot about that give, that's embarrassing give them a shout out <laughs> yeah they they were great um can't remember who won last year uh it was um belladonna oh uh, yes uh, that's actually on my list of 20 that i'm trying to narrow down to 10 for this 100 best women in translation <laughs> project i've got going on <laughs> I, uh, I haven't wanna... had the chance to read it yet. It's, it's on, yeah. my, on my shelf. Uh, did you want to quickly talk about Women in Translation Month and maybe the 100 Best Women in Translation projects? Yeah. So Women in Translation Month is, is really just a month that we have kind of an excuse to, to promote women writers in translation more than usual. And, you know, it's a great opportunity to just think about the the issue read up on the statistics read a book by a woman writer in translation uh and one of the things that kind of every year i try to do something a little bit differently and so one of the new things for this year's uh women in translation month is a crowdsourced um multi-directional, uh, I guess, 100 best books by women writers in translation. So 100 like best is, wit. Yeah, like an essential reading list for people interested in women in translations. Yeah, so I kind of thought about it uh, as like maybe not quite the canon um, since most of the books are pretty yeah. recent, recent yeah. but to have to have a list where so often you know the 100 best books lists are very very white male anglo <laughs> and i think that it's about time we have a list that yeah represents those other parts of the world and uh so far there are 267 books that have been unique books that have been nominated uh, and a lot more votes than that. Yeah. And um, the hope is to end up with a hundred really great books that you, the world uh, have chosen. And so that will be released at the very end of August. Everyone gets to nominate 10 books and, uh, 
help make this. And they have to have it in by the 25th of August. <laughs> yes, there is a deadline and I've been very cruel in limiting people to only 10 books. I realize unfair. It's hard, yeah. Of course, uh, I'm cheating since I'm going to wait until the very last minute to add my own. Yeah, well, I write a list and it's like, I've narrowed it down to 20 and I really struggle to get it anyway. Like, what am I sacrificing here? It's like, oh, I'll get rid of Convenience Store Woman because I'm sure that's going to be nominated. It's, that's how I'm thinking now. <laughs> a lot of people are actually saying, you know, oh, I, I've chosen this over this because probably everyone's going to nominate, you know, this other book. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> I, I <don't laughs> everyone thought to, that. Yeah. I, I don't want it to affect anyone's choices. So I'm not really saying which books are in the lead right yeah. now. Um, well, but there are good. definitely things that are surprising. Um, well, and I love yeah, I love following the hashtag because there's so many books. It's like, oh, I need to read that. I need to read that. It's it's incredible. I mean, this is turning into, for me personally, as the person curating the list, every day somebody sends a new list and almost every single, almost every single person who has sent um, more than like three or four books has had something in there that was unique. And so I'm just getting this constant stream of recommendations and I have no idea when I'm going to have the time to read all of these amazing sounding books. Yeah. So, uh, there's, there's pros and cons to, to doing a project like this, but I think it's uh, going to be worth it in the end. I remember they, I don't remember the publisher, but there was a book that came out, 100 Best Translations. And it only yeah. ended up being like nine women in the whole book. This this was part of the inspiration for doing uh, a list of of all women. Um, because Maybe you I need to write that book I, for. <laughs> yeah, I feel there's there's a definite there's room to to build an incredible canon um, with classics and everything. Uh, this right now really yeah. is kind of just to, to cover people's favorites, what they're passionate about. It's an opportunity for translators also to hype up their works and kind of get a sense of what people are, are reading and loving. Um, but it would be amazing to see someday, you know, I think uh, there are people out there who could do this really, really well, kind of, um, or maybe they could do, you know, the 100 best translations and there were just, so happened to only be nine men on the list. So, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that would be few, awesome. There are a few good, good men authors out there too. So you don't uh, want to forget about One or two. One or two. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, like I'm getting to a stage because I've put more of a focus last year. This year's been so much easier. Most of my favorite books this year have been women. So I, I don't think I've given a man five stars this year. Oh, actually, I have to admit that this year has, I, I have read, I've completed only one book at all by, by a man writer. And I, I was trying to understand how this, how this would even happen. And I was like, whoa, is, am I, am I biased now and sort of in the other direction? Is there, is there a problem here? 
And then I realized that just I'm spending so much time kind of building all these lists and, and exposed to so many women writers. And most of the list is women writers in translation, that it's just, it's exposure bias in the other direction. So it's, it's been really. Is that really bias? <laughs> Can we be biased against men? <laughs> so, so my, my bottom line is, you know, if I spend the rest of my life like this, I feel like, okay, that'd be a little weird. It's probably not going to happen. But then I only, with, with translation specifically, I reached 50-50 at the beginning of the year. And that's yeah. after five full years of the Women in Translation project. Only then, wow. because I yeah, have well, such a backlog. And yeah. so I'm like, I, I can take a few more years. <laughs> I feel like the pendulum can afford to swing in women's favor for a couple of thousand years. Yeah. Men have had it for too long. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if we're being very fair about this, Novels did really begin with women writers, so yeah. you know it, there, there was already a little bit of a shift here. Uh, shout out to uh, the Tale of Genji, the first ever novel. Most people don't That's, realize. Yeah, I hope that ends up on the best one hundred. But no spoilers, please. <laughs> I can't <laughs> um, wait to I'm see what's saying, on the list. <laughs> not naming names yet. <laughs> Uh, but you collect a lot of data with publishers as well. Have Has there been a shift? So it's actually really interesting because it's very publisher dependent. And on the one hand, that's very encouraging because there are certain publishers who kind of suddenly realized, oh, wait, we do have a problem and are starting to fix it. But then there are publishers who, you know, it's unclear if they still don't realize they have a problem or they're ignoring the fact that they have a problem and they're not really changing. And so there are kind of whole worlds where nothing is moving. I don't, I don't really know how to reach out to academic publishers. There's a pretty, pretty significant uh, gap in kind of nonfiction, especially yeah, there are certain publishers, both in the U.S. and in the U.K., who just don't really seem invested. Uh, they don't doesn't doesn't seem like uh, it's quite a priority. Um, but then there are those who went from you know twenty percent jumped up to fifty percent in the space of a year after after acknowledging that they had a problem. And yeah. those are the sorts of situations that I think uh, we're going to see more of, or, or I hope. <laughs> Is there a publisher dedicated to translating women? I can't think of any. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think there are. Or, or uh, yeah. there are magazines that I know of. Like, and other the, stories dedicated a whole year to only publishing women, but they do a bit of both. Yeah, it was, and, it was a pretty, pretty solid mix there. I feel I'm forgetting something. I'm going to feel so embarrassed when <laughs> yeah. he's like, hello, I'm so sorry in advance. Um, yeah, I know feminist press do a lot, but they're a mix as well and they're dedicated to early women. Yeah. But, yeah, um, so there's mixed publishers, but I can't think of one just women in of, translation dedication. Of the major, of the major translation-focused publishers um 
I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. There might be there might be something I'm forgetting, but definitely not among kind of the big ones. Um, and Someone honestly, needs to start that imprint. <laughs> it would I mean it would get a lot of promotion during August. <laughs> oh yeah. But it's it's not something I feel like it, it would be amazing to have that, but I would rather see those sort of the big publishers who are stuck at 25 to 30% um, translations of, of women writers just get to 50-50 at the very least. Yeah, that would I be awesome. I think, I think there's room for it. <laughs> like, that's almost a need to start calling them out. Like, I feel like yeah, we need to uh, start calling them out for not naming translators, but now there's calling them out for not publishing women enough would probably be another reason to start calling them out. Yeah, that's it's something that I have I have tried. Uh, I, I can say on a sort of personal level, I've reached out to a lot of publishers. And last year I did sort of a five-year statistic summary and I reached out to publishers who had um, particularly low rates of translating women. And um, some of them just ignored. Uh, some were a little bit defensive. Uh, and then there were those who said, wow, we, we didn't think yeah. about that. This is a problem. And um, I can say that, that one of them has, has really made a huge huge difference this year, uh, which is something I'll be talking a little bit about kind of during, uh, during August, giving giving that credit. Yeah. Um, So you do a lot of work. You're very diplomatic about it, but you you do so much for promoting women in translations. I I, I was surprised. I think I only found out recently you don't even, it's not even your field of what you plan to do with your life. (laughs) People, people are often surprised. Um, so I am, I am indeed uh, a scientist. <laughs> um, but I, I guess that's also part of why I really like this project. It's uh, a lot of number crunching. Just I, I open up, I have these million Excel files, and instead of numbers, it's mostly words with a little bit of numbers. And so it's like it's a yeah. nice change of pace. But it's there's there's so much here. I, I I'm always amazed by um, there there are so many other people who are also doing these these sort of both statistics. Uh, there's the women in translation Tumblr, um, which I kind of I'm not uh, associated with, but they they also look at specifically translators as well a lot, and um, okay. there are a lot of more literary people. With yeah. I, I don't follow that Tumblr. I must follow it. I don't use Tumblr enough, admittedly, but I must, must <laughs> it's, it's, follow that. <laughs> they, they share also a lot of um, events sort of uh, and, and articles. It's, it's actually very cool. But there, there's all sorts of different angles to it. And I love seeing the people who, who, who focus from the literary perspective and who do sort of a lot more reviews or do a lot more kind of analyses yeah. and like I'll, I'll stick with the numbers <laughs> well you've got a yeah. lot of data that you share normally in august which is always great to see i i hoard it also because i do a lot last minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's nice to have it all come out and 
in Women in Translation Month, but there's a lot of information there. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot to look at, and that's one of the things that I see every year is that there's something new, and I try to introduce something new. So this year, I'm kind of going to be looking a little bit at languages other than English, uh, which has been a challenge preparing. Not quite Ooh, done yeah. yet. That'd but be difficult to source. I I focused on my own <laughs> native well, language. You got to start somewhere, yeah. <laughs> you might as well start. I, I figured start small and then we can work up. Um, yeah, that's that's been kind of one one new angle, and there's the uh, the 100 best women in translation angle. Also, there's there's a lot to analyze in that list. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm so looking forward to, uh, to to sharing the things that I'm noticing. And uh, it's very exciting. I was going to ask if you put a, together a reading list for August, but it sounds like you don't need one since you've only read one male author. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I feel all of my reading lists uh, are going to be <laughs> women in translation these days. I just... It's it's the overwhelming majority of what I'm kind of engaging with right now, and uh, I I've realized I can't plan my reading, so I just have uh, three full shelves right now in my bookcase that are like okay, whatever whatever calls to me, that's what I'm going to read. I I think that's the best way to read. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I read. If I put together like a reading list, I normally get bored. <laughs> I just find I don't stick to it. I've tried. I've been like, okay, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to read this. And then I read four completely different books. Yeah. Uh, more fun this way. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for all the work you do. And I hope this year's going to be just as awesome as all the other years. I'm so looking forward to it. Thank you. I, I really hope so too. Um, I can't wait um, to see how other people take part. Yeah. So if anyone out there is doing Women in Translation Month, make sure you tag it, MIT Month, as a hashtag. Make it easier for people to find. I will be sharing almost all posts. Uh, That's actually WIT, not MIT. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just realized I made that. Um, Yeah, so... Yeah, hopefully this year's going to be awesome. I know BookTube does a bit of Women in Translation Month and they've got their own readathon, which makes no sense. But I hope it encourages more people to at least read for a couple of days rather if they're not going to do the whole month. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And, you know, we, we might do a, a Twitter readathon too or something like that just to get. Yeah, uh, it's hard to organize. I'm not a fan of readathons, but it's hard to organize like a group reading. Like it'd be cool to do like one book with a whole heap of people. Yeah, it's, that, it's actually, it's something that I've, I've thought about a lot for, for sort of to have the Women in Translation um, online book club just throughout the year because people are always asking, oh, maybe we can read this book, organize yeah. this book, organize. It's just, uh, I, think, I think I would need help with organizing that. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe you could get someone like maybe Helen at Translating Women to do a month and like curate yeah. a month 
read along for a book. Um, like there's so many other there's so many people that do stuff. Maybe you can probably find people that go, Oh look, I'll do a month and <laughs> like host the read along. It's just working a way how to put that all together in a place where people could participate. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of options and I think someday it's definitely going to happen. Uh, maybe not for me, <laughs> probably not, but, as long as you get some credit, cause you do so much, <laughs> I get angry mm-hmm. on your behalf if you don't get credit. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I won't lie that sometimes I get cranky too. Um, <laughs> But for the most part, it's just awesome seeing people yeah. taking part yeah. and, and being aware of, of everything. Uh, but yeah. sometimes I, I also have the days where I'm like, I did that. If, like the amount of retweeting and stuff you do with the social media accounts, it feels like it's almost a full-time job. <laughs> I, so I, <laughs> I am yeah. impressed with all of it. Thank you. It's really, it's really fun. Yeah, so thank you for putting it together. It's definitely helped my reading as well. We'll wrap it up there, but next episode we'll do some recommendations. (laughs) So thank you for agreeing to be on this. Thank you. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe, and while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes, and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and let's see under Translations Pod. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarukabar and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production.